Welcome to the Carbon Connection Podcast. It's not too late to change the conversation about climate change from doom and gloom to a conversation about possibility. This podcast is a curated selection of episodes that we just had to share with you. The Carbon Connection is about the many dimensions of climate change and the conversations people are having across the globe. It's about hope, community, advocacy, science, and changing our future. Hello, and welcome to The Carbon Connection. Today, the Carbon Almanac Network welcomes Jeanette Bronet. Jeanette is a member of the Carbon Almanac Network. She worked on the partnerships team and helped to establish a partnership with eBay. Jeanette is also a workplace performance strategist, a keynote speaker, and an author. Jeanette works with corporate teams, and her specialty is creating a well-being culture at work. And today, we'll discuss how corporate teams can use the Carbon Almanac and a self-care mindset to have inclusive and diverse conversation. Jeanette, welcome. Thank you very much. I'm excited for us to have this conversation today and see where it leads us. <laughs> Jeanette, can you introduce yourself further to yes, listeners? I can do that. I grew up in Denmark, and so I grew up in what I consider a well-being culture. And it was really about supporting people and caring about our environment in a different way than I experienced once I came here to the States. So I was a little surprised when I came here because there was not the sense of care about people. There wasn't the support system that I would have liked there to be. And, and also growing up in a small country, I think the realization that we're doing things together is very, very important. And the disconnect that I experienced coming here to the States had me look into all kinds of ways of finding myself, if you can call it that, and understanding myself better. And and part of that was studying mindfulness and Buddhism and, and really diving into all kinds of ways that I could understand my place and what matters and how I could contribute in the world. And I was in the fashion industry at the time. And after both my parents died of cancer a year apart, I decided it was time for a change because the Fashion industry wasn't as sustainable as I would like it to be. Um, I did try to create a sustainable fashion brand back in the 90s, but it was a little early, I think, yeah, especially because it wasn't based on more. It was based on less. I was thinking, you know, if we can just reuse what we have and just add pieces to it, that would be much, much better for the economy. And obviously, we're thinking that way now, but we were not in the 90s. And I changed and moved into health care. I would call it health coaching. I was looking at how to help people um, be healthy and uh, successful at the same time because I had already burned out twice at that point. And um, I realized that it's really not easy because there is such a disconnect between our relationship with self, with others, and with work when really instead that needs to be a holistic, if you can call it that, or a comprehensive integrative relationship. And that's what I focus on today as a keynote speaker and a consultant is how do we create a more integrative, inclusive culture where we actually see people as the foundation for reaching our goals and supporting them and being healthy in the process. Thank you. The keynote presentations that you give are usually given to event planners and corporate staff. 
And you reached out to the podcast team because you feel that what you talk about in corporate settings also applies to the activities of the Carbon Almanac Network and its partners because it addresses engaging with internal teams. Can you explain this more for us? Yeah. You know, one of the things I see with a lot of um, companies and leaders, they're asking, how can we engage our people? And I think we need to be careful that we don't think of engagement as an activity, but rather a relationship. And that starts with a conversation. It starts with understanding what people care about. Because in corporate America, and for that matter, too, in startups, and it's part of our culture, that we're driven by fear of what we can't achieve. But the reality is that the other side of fear and worry is what we care about. Because if we didn't care about it, we wouldn't be stressed about it. And so I think it's important that we shift the conversation a little bit to just being like, well, we need to stop stressing so much and we need to stop, um, you know, worrying so much. It's like, yeah, but, but that means we stop caring and we cannot stop caring. So when we're talking about engagement, it's about tapping into what people care about. And so one of the things I see is that is what the Carbon Almanac is doing too. It is saying these are the challenges and the problems we have. But instead of getting caught in the disempowering fear of what we cannot do when it's too late, instead the Carbon Almanac is saying, no, it's not too late. And here's what we can still do because this is what we care about. And I think it's important for companies to not think of this as a boo, you're not doing it right, but rather, hmm, okay, what can we shift and change so that we can not only support the environment we all live in, but also our people because they care about it. And I see that when I talk to audiences, when I'm out at conferences, they care and they want to care and they want to be valued for caring. They want to be seen as important what they care about. And I think we saw that after the pandemic, right? Or we can call it in the in the post-pandemic, but also during the pandemic, how people were saying, I, I want to do something that matters. Um, and, and I think that's not going to go away. That's not going to go away. And so, especially these days where so much of um, climate crisis is everybody's responsibility, really. Um, but that also means we need to look at how can we reclaim agency in our choices so that we also support the change. Yes. How do we support the change? And how do we support the people making the change? So outside of the Carbon Almanac Network, I can see your principles being applied to sustainability teams at companies and teams at local governments that are addressing sustainability or resiliency issues in their communities. And I can also uh, see it applying to teams who focus on outreach and community engagement. How can someone on these types of teams begin a conversation about well-being and self-care with team members who have all of their attention on the next deadline? How do how do you even start to move toward the self-care mindset? Yeah, that's where we keep getting stuck, isn't it? It's like we're, we're fixing what's urgent um, instead of redirecting um, what matters. And what I learned when I was working with people around health was that if we just 
fix and put a Band-Aid on the problem. We're actually not fixing what's causing the problem. And and that's what we're up against, right? We we might need to make some immediate crisis changes, but we really need to change what's causing the problem, which is the way we think, <laughs> right? The way we think and changing our mind about why something matters and making it a daily sustainable uh, habit to care, that's important. And, and it's something I can see consistently that we're up against, right? Because as human beings, um, we want to, for example, be more healthy, but we can, we were like, yeah, but I don't have time today. Instead of looking at it as, well, your health is sustaining you being busy better. And so in the same way, when we look at companies solving a problem that's immediate and a deadline, they will often fix it and say, well, we just need to get it done now. And then we can focus on employee well-being later. It's like, yes and no. We might have something we need to do just right now and get through it. But if that's how we do business all the time, we're never going to create change. We're never going to create the kind of positive change that's needed. And so we do need to pause for a bit and say, okay, the real question isn't what can we not get done and therefore just running faster. But the real question is how do we support ourselves and our teams and each other in getting things done? And then we have a completely different conversation. And I think that's the same thing when when companies are saying, well, we care about um, sustainability within the office, but right now we can't focus on it. And I was like, why not? <laughs> because you're just creating the same problem over and over, solving the same, you know, patching the same pothole over and over, putting the same Band-Aid on over and over and over. But if you're not cleaning out the wound, you're not actually healing. And and so it's a, it's a very human mindset that things can wait. But sometimes they just can't any longer. And that's when we see, like, you know, when I was working with health and well-being, coaching people one-on-one, they would come to me when things had fallen apart, right? They wouldn't come preventively and say, okay, I want to make sure that I'm healthy into my 60s. They would come and say, okay, I hit my 60s and I'm falling apart. Or I hit my 40s and I'm falling apart. Or my 30s, like people became younger and younger, as they were falling apart. And so instead of looking at it from a culture point of view, they say, okay, well, if we're really actually being smart about any of this, we're looking at it from the perspective of creating a sustainable environment that can keep building and, and be regenerative in how it solves the problem every day so that we don't actually waste time solving the same problem over and over. And I think that's the mindset shift that really, really needs to happen. And so when we're up against the deadline, I think we need to look at, well, are we always just up against the deadline and we're just always running faster to try to get it done? When are we going to sit down and look at how we're working instead of just getting work done? And so that I think that's a, a, an important shift in our mindset of saying, Let's look at what supports us and sustains us. And how do we look at this as a regenerative perspective of how we do our best work? Mm -hmm. And I can also see your principles being applied to address ESG issues. 
Yeah, I think the I think a lot of times when we're looking at these very big issues, which is the impact our choices have and the impact our companies have, and I think it's it's great that companies are starting to look at ESG as a really really important factor within how they do business. Where in the past it used to be maybe one person who was like raising their hand from time to time and saying, "Uh, what about?" But now it's really becoming part of not only the value system, but also this is how we do business. And I think that the issues can very often get a little lost in policies. And for us to implement them into the daily lives of how we work together, we can use like the care framework, for example, and say, okay, well, then how does that apply around these different um, aspects of it? And especially in terms of um, environmental and social impact, every single choice we make has impact because care has a ripple effect and not caring has a ripple effect too. And so if care is the core value, we can look at the ripple effects that that has and we can teach people. We can teach people to pause, listen, ask more questions, which is essentially how we learn to re-engage what we care about. And that is where we cultivate these conversations about change in a very constructive and positive and inclusive way. I'm going to a policy, a two-day policy meeting here next month. I'm going with my ESG hat on, um, but I think I'm also going to go with my Jeanette hat on. <laughs> mm, I like it. And listen to the conversations in an, an entirely different way and ask entirely different questions now. Mm. So this is, this is great. Thank you. You know, it, it's interesting what you just said about that because one of the things I always remind people, which I, I think is, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, sure, we know that but we don't think about it, is that our intention fuels attention. And so the intention with which we start something becomes how we pay attention, focus, and execute. And so if we can align ourselves with what we care about and the intention, what we're trying to achieve, we are working with more ease because that is where our mind goes. The questions we ask ourselves becomes the answers we find. And so if we can use how we are asking questions, both of ourselves and each other, focused around the intention is to solve the climate crisis. The intention is to create a more inclusive environment. The intention is to support our people in being at their best. The way we ask questions and solve problems automatically aligns with what we care about. And that's why it's so important that we realize the power of intention and how it directs our attention and therefore our choices. With your extensive experience working with teams, can you provide an example of what a stop looks like or what a pause looks like mm. and what support looks like in a corporate setting? Yeah. I think a pause can look in many ways, right? I think um, there was a, a study that came out during the pandemic from Microsoft Human Factor Lab that showed what happens to the brain 
when we are not uh, pausing between meetings and we just go, 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 go back to back. And really, you can see that stress is just building up and we're wasting our time because we're not thinking straight. And so by meeting three, we're probably not listening anymore. By meeting four, we're not thinking anymore. And so we're basically just, you know, so talk about engagement, right? It's like, yeah, we want people to be excited about stuff. It's like, yeah, but then you got to let the mind pause for a bit and give it some space and grace to recover from what it just focused on. Because at the end of the day, it's our focus and our attention that we're using all day long. And I think that there is so much that distracts us from that, that we need to really understand how does the human mind work based on what we care about or based on what we are scared of. And if we're always talking about all the things that people are not getting done, we're just going to be running on fear. And so those pauses where the stress doesn't build up allows us to just digest what we just went through and then focus on what's next. And that little pause and that little break might be five minutes, 10 minutes, apart from the fact that people need to go and get some water in between or fill up their tea, you know, and, and get to the bathroom and so on and so forth. It's just it's just this, this very logical, it's like, no, actually, we humans run on water. Um, we don't run on empty. So just water, you know, and good clean water would be great, not sugary stuff. And so these very, very simple things where we can just demystify this for a little bit and not make it so product oriented, but rather make it what does the human body use and how do we use our mind when we have a little bit of a pause. But I also think it's important to just what I call power pausing, which is just taking a pause before you react, before you respond, and just listen inside and be like, okay, what does this actually mean? How do I feel about it? And what would be a good next step here? So that we're not just rushing forward and reacting based on fear most of the time. You know, I don't think people think of it as being fear-driven, but they think of it as being anxiety and stress-driven, which is the same thing. And so what I call the FUD, the fear, uncertainty, and doubt, is running rampage in our, in our society. And it's being used against us as well, right? It's being used to control us and have us work harder. So I do, I do think that that power pause where we can just be like, okay, wait a minute, before I react here, what am I actually trying to achieve? Why does this matter? What do I care about? And how do we get over there? And that is this shift from just fixing potholes and putting band-aids on things to saying, okay, what if it's a completely different solution that we need to work on here? What if we could be more innovative and actually create solutions that solve the real problem we're trying to, to solve, which is what's causing the constant potholes, for example, right? I, I happen to have potholes in my driveway and I've realized that just fixing them isn't going to make them go away, but figuring out what keeps creating the potholes is going to make them go away. So, you know, it's it's a simple analogy that I think we can all relate to, but most of the time we just think of patching it up. And that's what we've been doing with the climate for, for years. You know, we've just been patching it up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what does support look like for a team? I mean, mm -hmm. how do you move a team away from the FUD, away from the moment of pause? What have you seen work for mm -hmm. teams in a corporate mm -hmm. setting? Yeah. Well, a big part of it is having the conversations. And so when we can check in with ourselves and saying, I'm really anxious about this, then we can have a conversation that says, this is sitting right with me. 
I think there's something we need to ask more questions about. I think there's something we need to investigate further here. I think there's something more in this that we can look at. And that's where I think a company and the company values really need to pause for a moment and make sure we are aligning with what we say we care about. So that it's not just, this is what we care about and it's on our website, but does it show up in our daily actions? And so if we can allow this pause to be a conversation and asking people, hey, what do you need so that you can get this done? Or what do you need so you can focus on this? Maybe it is a time where you can do deep work and deep thinking. Maybe it is working with a team because you need some input. Maybe it is whatever it is that helps us support people in actually having the conversations that allow us to explore what is the real problem what is the real solution we're trying to achieve? And that's also where we become more innovative and creative. And I think also one of the things that really happens is people support people. And so the human relationships at work is what either creates a toxic environment or a supportive environment. And people saying, hey, what do you need so you can get this done? That is how we solve things together. And we know that working together is so important. That doesn't necessarily mean being in the office. We saw that with the Carbon Almanac. We were working across countries and globally, and we were still supporting each other, and we were still working together. And and we didn't have to sit in the same room to do so. Yet sometimes it's nice to sit face-to-face to do so. But I think it's, again, it's like everybody works differently. And allowing somebody to say, hey, what do you need so that you can get this done is giving somebody back the responsibility for saying, well, I work best this way. So this is how I need support. And people need different kinds of support. Some people need to be left alone and not being harassed all the time with emails and follow-ups. And other people need more like, hey, can I talk through this? And I think that's individuality is important that we start honing in on that. And it's not that we need to sit and, you know, pamper everyone's needs. It is giving people agency to take care of their own needs by not having to fit into a system. And back to, you know, when you were asking me before about the Carbon Almanac and companies using this, I think it can be used to have a conversation about what are some of the ways we can solve these problems by integrating the care for the impact it has that we're making these choices? And then also counting on the individuals to allow them to speak up about what they worry about so that we can include this because we don't know where the next best idea comes from. And it can very often come from the person who is sitting in the back of the room not speaking up because they think that what they care about doesn't matter. And this is how we lose out on change, is that we don't allow people to speak up about what they think and listen to them. And just if we could just listen just for a little bit longer and see, is there more? Is there more? Is there more? Is that something we haven't thought about? And I think that's how we create a more supportive environment where people can thrive more. I think we have to get away from thinking that well-being at work and self-care at work is about taking time out. It's really about being seen and heard, feeling that we matter, feeling included, and feeling that we have a voice. And that what we care about is actually what we're working with and towards every single day. You've shared how eBay has created space for their employees to 
have conversations about climate. Can you share that story with us? Yeah. Yeah, I, I worked with eBay um, because they were saying, well, how do we, number one, engagement, but also how do we create a culture where we are more mindful about how we do things? And um, so I worked with them consistently over a period of time. And one of the things that they did was jump on board and say, well, we care about climate change. We want to be part of this. And so therefore, yes, we want to buy books for our people and then have a conversation. So they did a book club where they took the book and basically had a really large amount of people, um, and they ended up even buying more books, they had a very large amount of people that said, we want to be in on this conversation. And I think that one of the ways to use the book is to just open on any page and say, hey, what do we do today about this? And how can this inspire a conversation about how we solve the problems that we're solving every single day by integrating these, um, these facts and these data and, and these options and solutions, like there are many small and big ways that we can we can be part of the change. And so they had a very constructive change. And many of them said, wow, there's so much I learned from this that I didn't even think about or know, even though I thought I knew a lot. And I think that's the consistent response, right? That people say, it's like, oh, I thought I was doing well. I was recycling. I was doing this. I was doing that. I make sure I don't consume too much and so on and so forth. But there's always something more we can learn. And that, I think, is the key, is to focus on what more can we learn rather than what are we not doing enough of. You reinforce uh, through your book and you provide many examples about why care matters. And uh, you mentioned that... The care is universal, that you can care about the environment. You might love the view. You might love the trees. You might love aspects of it. And that it's one's personal experience that makes them feel love for all these mm. different elements. Uh, but you say that care is shared mm -hmm. and that the future of work is about care. Yeah. I think it's important that we understand that we universally care as human beings, I think that's a really big part of who we are. And recognizing that that is our sort of like northern star, like that is how we make decisions. And using that in a constructive, creative way is by realizing that what we care about is also what we worry about, you know, in this sense of like, I, I worry about the environment, I care about the environment. Mm -hmm. And so really focusing on understanding that care is universal. We all care about something, but we might have lost our ability to see that what we care about matters to other people. And so if we feel it only matters to us, we lose our motivation. And so I think if we can talk more about it from the personal experience and share that and, and talk about what it is that it gives us and brings us. And it could be every, anything from the human connection to what we feel like when we go hiking in the woods to what it feels like to be successful at work and all of those things. Like, that's the like when we talk about vulnerability, I think it's really more about just human honesty. I don't think vulnerability is about, oh, I'm falling apart, I can't handle it, which has been a little bit about you know, that's been the conversation. It's about transparency. It's about sharing what matters, sharing about what we care about, because that is essentially what makes us human. Because what we care about isn't a 
isn't just something in our mind that we have decided, or that's the goal to achieve. No, care comes from the heart, right? And so I think we all talk about love as as being sort of like, we love this, we love that, but, you know, and, but, and, and I think that's important, but that is a more, um, it's a softer feeling, right? We love a child, we love things, we love a dog, we love all these things, but we also care about their thriving. So care to me is the most powerful human emotion that we have. And I think that's what we can tap into every single day. That's how we can help us really look at what truly drives us. What, how, how do we really create a thriving environment is, is by allowing us to care more. And it goes to the small things like when I go to the supermarket, I bring my own bag because I care about the environment and I don't want to use a plastic bag and so on and so forth. It's the small things that we can do. And then it's the big things that we can also do as well as a company that says, okay, what's the impact we have in the world? Because we care about the survival of our species for that matter. You know, but you know, it, it comes in small and big forms. But if we can pause for that moment and be like, this matters to me, this is what I care about, it becomes how we make choices more often. And I think that's where we can create consistent change and sustainable change. Thank you, Jeanette. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And um Thank you for caring. I think that's, um, I've stopped saying to people, thank you for your time. And I start saying, thank you for your care and attention, because that is really our most important currency in our world today is care. That is what really can create the kind of change we need to create is care. Well said. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Carbon Connection. To learn more about this topic and how to create the culture of care, visit the resources in the show notes for this episode. To learn more about The Carbon Almanac and all the shows in The Carbon Almanac Podcast Network, visit thecarbonalmanac.org. Thanks again for joining us. See you next time.